when I finally like started gaining traction on YouTube was when I really doubled down on it and just, like I said, locked myself away after my second girlfriend dumped me. I'm here today with Cole Hastings, YouTuber, storyteller, keyboard maker, little known hobby. Cole does enjoy making keyboards. I He's do. made one to date. One. So he is in fact a keyboard maker. You might know him for what he's shared around self-development and growth. Everything from vegan bodybuilding to how to improve yourself socially, mentally, even sexually. And I've gotten to know Cole over the past few months, and I can tell you he's just a goddamn great guy. Thanks, man. And you he, too. He beat me in pickleball recently, too. I did which... do that. And uh, I was a little worried when that happened because... I thought you might kick me out after that one. I will say, you're a great guy. I would have introduced you as a fantastic specimen of a human being until that happened. Yeah. I've downranked you slightly, and every progressive time you beat me in pickleball, it'll continue to drop until you're just just a guy. Should I just like let you win next time? Oh, but see, now we've discussed this. Now I'll know. And if there's anything I hate more than losing, it's getting a win out of pity. Pity, pity win, yeah. Plus, I, don't like I that. feel like you get that. You're competitive. I am competitive, yes. I remember as soon as you went to pickleball, the first thing you told me was, I'm competitive. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I don't like losing. Yeah. I feel like most yeah. humans don't, but especially when it comes to sports and how much of my life was dedicated to sports as a teenager and how much of it isn't now, when I get the opportunity to play a sport, I'm like, I'm that guy wow. who's going to go hard, basically. So you used to play a lot of sports? Yes. Which ones? Yes. I played, as a kid, I played hockey, soccer, baseball, football for a little while. Um, I went to basketball camp during wow. the summer. But main sports were like soccer, hockey, and baseball for quite a while, like a few years. I feel so much better at myself as a complete dweeb who frankly struggled even to go outside and touch grass to be close in pickleball against a three-star, four-star recruit. You know, I'll take, uh, that. I'll take that win. Okay, okay. Pretty I, average athlete. I feel like these days, I feel like my body's mostly focused on weightlifting. What inspired the shift to weightlifting in the first place? I think once sports ended for me, which was in high school and college, I guess I was just more focused on studies. I wanted another outlet with which to work my body out in a certain way and kind of have that feeling of getting better at something physically. And I was also not that confident in myself at all growing up. Yeah. Uh, and I saw people, how bodybuilding changed them, thought it might transform me mentally as well as physically. And I started like freshman year of college and it like the first gains I saw, you know, the newbie gains, I definitely felt like a, like I was transforming as a person. And it definitely made me more confident in social settings and it, it influenced every other area of my life really did. I personally believe that every guy that goes and works out and bodybuilds, we all have that little bit of insecurity and fear in ourselves. Oh, That's yeah. why we started in the first place. Mm -hmm. 
That's what I think. That's why I think people start anything that they want to become amazing at is in like entrepreneurship, high performing people. They all tend to like <clears throat> feel inadequate before they start. And like they do it out of a place of like, I don't feel good enough. And so I'm just basically going to lock myself inside and work on this one thing forever until I have something with which I can like prove to people like, hey, I'm actually good at something. To show I'm better. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do you still feel that inadequacy yourself today? I think it certainly comes up from time to time. I think every creator and entrepreneur in the present moment always has that lingering feeling of like, man, there's always so many other people out there better than me at what I'm doing. And like my present day work, it's like it's okay, but it could be better and I want to be better. So there's a little bit, but I don't think it's nearly as bad as it was when I was a teenager. Mm. I really agree with you. I Growing up, I felt so much inadequacy. That's also why I started working out. Mm -hmm. And to even this day, I started more around content creation myself in the podcast around October of 2022. That is when I went through a breakup with the girl I was seeing at the time. And I was so miserable that I said, I need to distract myself. I need to be better. I started posting every day on LinkedIn because of that and it started to go really hard on the podcast. It's like before October of last year, this was like not really a thing. Yeah. And it was really initially just to distract myself from how shitty I felt. So I kind of like that. The seed of anything new comes from a, just a little bit of, oh, I, I feel really bad. Yeah, yeah. I can relate to when I finally like started gaining traction on YouTube was when I really doubled down on it and just, like I said, locked myself away after my second girlfriend dumped me. So that was definitely a blessing in disguise. I think that just catapulted my life in so many different ways. Kind of, It was the catalyst really for so much of my growth and I'm super grateful wow. to have gone through it and have been such an idiot that I was when we first broke up and all that. Well, why do, you call it, why do you call yourself an idiot? Well, the whole breakup itself was pretty... <clears throat> I, I handled it in a very like immature, emotional way, which, I mean, when you're in love with someone, your, your emotions get the best of you quite often. And I don't know. I, like, I look back on it, I'm like, dude, why did you do that? Why did you <clears throat> reach out to her? several weeks after you broke up and then you were like begging to get her back and she was like I don't know and you just kept pushing it kept pushing it trying to do anything I could to get her back which eventually just like f was trying to force something that clearly wasn't there and it eventually blew up to mm. a very large size which I've explained in detail on my getting a getting through a breakup video on my channel, but yeah, I'll leave the detail for that video. 
if anyone wants to watch that. What I love about your story is there's always the difference between immediate first impression and then getting to know someone a little bit more. And I'm sure you recognize like when you walk into a room, Cole walks in. Cole is six foot two, jacked, good looking, smart, thoughtful, successful creator. Please stop. And and yet <laughs> oh, to God. hear, and I'm saying these not as this is who you are. This is the immediate first impressions yeah. about yourself. Yeah. And then to hear you describe the pain and inadequacy that you have been aware of and battled and fought through, I find it really personally inspiring for myself because I look at you in so many areas of being a modern man that I admire. Mm. And I'm like, hey, if Cole is feeling these things, then I just feel a little bit more valid in feeling those same things myself. And that's why mm -hmm. I think it's so powerful what your channel represents. For sure. That's, I think what is the biggest reason as to why my channel blew up in the first place was the relatability and making people feel seen and understood in a way that they hadn't yet before. It's, it's crazy how big of an impact you just sharing your story out there and someone thinking to themselves, wow, okay, so there's other people out there like me who have gone through the same shit as me and have gotten through it. Yeah. That is out, like, it's more helpful than you could ever think. And I've seen that so much in my comments and it really inspires me to keep, yeah. keep going, keep sharing my stories. Although I'm definitely running out of anecdotes by, by in, now. In a way it's actually encouraging, mm -hmm. right? It's because you've worked on yourself so much. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, that there's no more stories about me bawling my eyes out to tell. But I kind of love, right, the ultimate evolution of the Cole Hastings channel might shift one day to mm. life is great. <laughs> and let me share more about how I got there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that's kind of where it is right now. Yeah. Uh, when I do share stories. There's some people, of course, that tend to think when I'm sharing stories about my past, they somehow just associate with the present and they're, and they're like, hey, buddy, it's okay. You'll get through it. Like, I'm like, dude, this was like five years ago or something. Like, That's exactly why you can share the story. It's because mm -hmm. you did get through it. Right, right. Yes. And that's important, too, is like all the stories I share, if it's something I'm struggling with, I'm not going to share it until I've conquered it and gotten a lesson out of it i think that's important too if you're the modern day aesop right aesop isn't going around sharing fables like yo man the craziest thing happened to me yesterday mm -hmm. i don't know what to do man what do you think no 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 these are crystallized thoughts that have been considered and reflected and crafted mm -hmm. with that message i uh <clears throat> i'm so curious so for yourself you mentioned just having someone around out there to share these sorts of stories. Like that means all the difference for yourself growing up. Did you have someone like that in your life? It's a good question. Did I ever have somebody like that? I don't, I don't think so. No, I don't think I, I don't 
think I felt like as a kid and every young teenager, practically every young teenager feels this way is that nobody understands them, right? Yeah. I see that so much until some of them watch my videos and realize, oh, shit, this is what 90% of the population goes through in the Western world. Um, but as far as growing up, I don't, I don't remember having anything like that, when it, whether it be my parents, my sister, who I'm sure went through the same stuff, but we just didn't mm -hmm. have that sort of uh, <clears throat> connection, I guess, as, as siblings on that level. So no, I, I don't think I did until YouTube came around and I started watching videos sort of similar to what I produced. I was just about to ask if you didn't have someone like that in your life growing up, what helped be that initial catalyst? And now I'm hearing you describe for you, it was YouTube. Mm. I think, yeah, that was, that was a part of it and just wanting to share my story in a video format because I really like making videos and yeah. Do you yeah. remember the first creators you started watching on YouTube that helped plant a seed in you on, Hey, the way I've been living my life, maybe I could do this just a little bit differently. For sure. For sure. I think the fall semester of sophomore year of college I started getting into like spirituality, which was my first door into the realm of self-improvement as a whole, mm -hmm. which a lot of people will say, please keep spirituality out of self-improvement, which I understand. Sure. And I think they should kind of be separated, even though they are related. similar. Yes, they're definitely related. So I started off more with spirituality. And one guy in particular, Ralph Smart, who now makes pretty over-the-top videos about more controversial things sometimes, and he's kind of gone off the deep end a little bit. Back then, it was really just basic self-improvement advice and, like, explaining in a really amazing way. He didn't, he doesn't have any cuts in his videos. He just says it all in one take so mm -hmm. fluently, too, and it's so calming the way he talks, and it was such a re revolutionary idea to me at the time that I could even become someone new mm. that I could shed this identity that I've had for the past 18 years of my life or this identity that I've let other people create for me over the years. No, I could be the one to take the driver's seat and take control of that and shape it in my own way and also just see reality differently. I think spirituality helps a lot with that feeling more interconnected with everything. I definitely did start to feel that during that time, started meditating, yeah, stuff like that. Wow. And then kind of watched like just a couple self-improvement YouTubers after that, like Improvement Pill, Fight Mediocrity. These guys, seems their peak is over. Maybe it's not. Maybe they have another peak in the future. But back then they were like the biggest in the space and they were making like, you ever seen those animations where it's like a a hand drawing things and it's yeah, like animating yeah. them in yeah. and then it moves to like the, a different part of the I've seen the draw paper. my life type videos kind of like that yeah, kind of yeah. like that but yeah that was a big thing in self improvement back then it's kind of the meta and I watched a lot of those and then start reading books and stuff like that mm. and yeah I love that 
I, for me, growing up, I felt really miserable because I understood myself entirely through the lens of external achievement. Mm. Hey, I felt growing up, if I did a good job and I got straight A's and I won awards, that's when my parents would love me. And that's where people thought I'd be cool. Now, of course, no one in school thought I was cool. So this was just yet another thing I told myself to make myself feel better. But I did feel, hey, I'm achieving something. And so when I entered college, the system through which I measured my own progress really fell apart because in high school it was all, well, okay, I'm going to get all these plaudits and awards and achievements because I'm going to get into Harvard. Like that's the goal. And I can honestly tell you, Cole, had I not get into Harvard, uh, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Not because, you know, I think that would have been a good decision. It was, it would have been a very stupid one, but because that's how much I had built up in my head, the importance around everything I'm doing is worth it because of this. Mm. But then that's why in college, once I got in, that's where it really all started to fall apart because it's like, now I'm here. (laughs) And you still kind of feel the same. Exactly. And all the same unhelpful beliefs about how the world works and my own self-worth and the habits and the ways I interact, they're all still there. Mm -hmm. And now there's no longer any sort of ultimate goal or purpose that justifies why these things can be gotten through. And so it was really hard. And I remember for me... Actually, I think it was two things that were really, really big. The first one actually was Reddit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And there's there's yeah, a lot of stuff on there. There's a lot of good stuff out there. And actually, there are a couple subreddits. One of them was Fitit, right? The fitness Reddit, where for the first time in my life, I was like, oh, maybe like I can work out. And I think that's where so many guys eventually who get jacked start off feeling, I feel small. <laughs> and how can I get bigger? Mm-hmm. I think I definitely follow that as well. And the second thing was a friend once told me that he had read this book called The Game by Neil Strauss. You're probably familiar about it, right? Mm -hmm. And I looked at it and it was all like, oh, like, oh, how do guys like meet women? And at the time I was like, oh, like, I don't know if this is my thing. Like, I'm terrified of women. This probably won't work. But reading through it, one concept really stuck with me. And it's the concept of inner game where the whole belief is if you want to be successful, for example, in meeting women, the real secret is you just have to improve your own self internally. And so it's a combination of being more into physical fitness, learning and observing more, hey, I don't actually think my inner game is strong. I actually don't think internally I'm the type of person who I would ever want to date and see. And the last part was, funnily enough, on the spiritual side, I was really depressed in my freshman year, and I had a friend who just came and helped me through, and I asked her, like, why would you do this? And she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm really Christian. And I was in a race Christian, and I was just like interested, right? And so I started going to church, which I don't regularly do today, but in that period of my life, it was I saw it as just a whole new way of thinking that I found very different from what I was used to. So I think it's the combination of all those things where it was, it was just a kick in the pants. Like I should be doing things differently. Mm-hmm. And for yourself, now that, as you mentioned, you did all of these different things, and you're at a stage in your life where you've internalized a lot of these previous lessons that you can now share with others. What is the big focus for you now? <clears throat> with my channel? Just, just in general. Or just in general. In general. Yeah. Uh, YouTube's still main focus. I think the goal of the channel has definitely changed since then. I guess I I don't I no longer want to or I try to stay as far away as possible from telling stories about my past, although I still do. 
and more so just focus on either creating stories and making videos out of them from the present moment, maybe a challenge type of video, but spin it to be self-improvement or I don't know, just telling a story of something I'm doing and filming the process of doing it, like a video I made within the past year on trying to make friends in a brand new city when I moved to Austin. I think that was really fun to film, mm -hmm. really fun to edit, something like that. And then I'm also, I've also kind of dived into video essays and like story animation videos too, which yeah. is interesting. Just different ways to explain ideas about modern issues and how to deal with them is kind of just trying to evolve that. And throughout all that, I would like to become just a better cinematographer. I really mm. like filming. I love the process of making artistic style videos too and filming cool B-roll. One day, who knows, maybe I would like to be a director or something or do more music videos, yeah. which I've done a bit in the past. And yeah, just get more into different ways of making videos, have them up the quality and then start getting into like actual filmmaking yeah. potentially one day. I really love that because you're covering a couple of different points there. First, you're talking about the very things you share, less about, hey, here's who Cole was before and more, here's what Cole's going through now, right? Yes. You mentioned making new friends, moving into a new city. Another really popular video I've seen is the one where you teach yourself Japanese by yes. watching anime, Yes, right? That's something that's, inspiring with a growth message that doesn't necessarily rely on your previous character arcs. Right. It's like, hey, everybody, I'm going through this right now. And then the second part of what you're describing, it's not just the types of stories you want to tell. It's how you're telling the stories themselves, right? You mentioned animation. We both know the talentless writer, for example. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, because I've started to actually watch a lot of his videos, it really is like he doesn't even have the benefit of showing his face. It's really the story he's crafted like the animations are funny and cute and everything but it's like it's just a different medium to share a message and it could just be you on camera it could be animated and so i love the fascination with not just the story you're telling but how you're telling it and that's why when i hear you describe hey one day i want to be a director i'm like well to my understanding those are the exact two things a director cares about what's the story we're portraying and how are we doing it because mm. how we do it actually yeah. really affects how people receive and perceive that for sure I love that. So we're here to play a little game. For those of you who don't know, so we're not really strangers. It's based on 36 questions to fall in love. That's why I made sure we had these the lovely little yes. candles. You know, yes. Cole and I can have a little bit more of an intimate atmosphere as befitting of a game yes. around 36 questions to fall in love. everybody out of the house right before this. Exactly. Nobody's here. It's mm -hmm. just you and me. Mm -hmm. So the concept, for those of you who don't know, the New York Times wrote about this, they took these randomly selected pairs of people and they walked them through these questions all around reciprocity and vulnerability. Hey, I'm gonna share something sensitive. And instead of on it, please share something back. And at the end of the study, they found that many of these randomly selected pairs of people become good friends with each other. And one pair did even end up dating and getting married. So stakes okay. are high. Okay. And so what we're gonna do, we're gonna alternate questions across level one, two, and three. Have you played this game before? I haven't. Wow, I feel honored. I'm the ready. very first thing we're going to start with is eye contact. Okay. So I'm going to count down from three to one. And after I count down from three to one, we're going to stare deeply into each other's eyes. 
And the first person to either, to either look away or to blink, because otherwise, I mean, if you're comfortable with intimacy, I'm comfortable with intimacy. This just might just be, you know, 40 minutes of you and me just looking at each other. Mm-hmm. So it's either one of them. Either you choose to look away or you just can't keep your eyes peeled. So yeah. is, does this podcast have an audio version? Yes. Hmm. But, I wonder how the, <laughs> just pressing the 15 second skip a yeah. few times. I think of it as giving them just a brief moment of peace yeah, in this ever busy that's world. That's true. That's just, anybody listening in the audio, just yeah. allow yourself to close your eyes and just take a few breaths while we're doing this. Yeah, and enjoy the ASMR of me heavy breathing into the mic as well. Yes, exactly. So the first person to look away or blink, they're going to pull the first question. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Alrighty. Three, two... One. You blinked. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Okay. Well, Alrighty, level fine. level one. Go for it. We pull, and uh, if you don't like the question, you can just do a different one. These are menace framing devices, and we usually don't do wild cards. That's basically it. Okay, level one. Is it level one? Oh, we pulled a wild card. I pulled a wild card. You can do a different one. Unless you like it. Maintain eye contact All for right. 30 seconds. That's why we don't do wild yes. cards. They're very wild. We already did that, but for three seconds. Okay. So what is the first thing you notice about me? I think we kind of talked about this already. We talked about that one too. We'll do a different yeah. one. <laughs> okay. See, we aren't even strangers already. Yes, we know exactly. each other. What about me is most strange or unfamiliar to you? That's actually a good one. I don't think we've talked about this. What's strange and unfamiliar? I think one thing I really resonate with is, hey, you went through a lot of questions around insecurity and fear and worry and adequacy before. And I feel very connected to that because I've gone through a lot of that as well. And where I think you're ahead of, it's not, strange it's more i have less of an intimate understanding of this myself is i feel and we actually talked about it when we were in austin Mm -hmm. we were at an event organized by a friend luba and we were sitting next to each other and i remember you mentioned like you feel in a good place now Mm -hmm. that as you just mentioned now a few minutes ago a lot of what you shared you have you know nothing's conquered but you're very comfortable with it Mm -hmm. and you're ready to continue growing and moving on and i think that's beautiful and I think that's something that I'm still in the middle of my story arc. I'm still in my training arc. I don't think I'm quite to that level of self-acceptance and understanding that you are. So I both relate to a lot of what you've shared. And what I find more unfamiliar is I almost feel there's this sense of steady confidence and calmness when I talk to you, when you think about what you're doing next that I appreciate and like to get to one day myself. I like that. Okay. What, what about... I'll, I'll flip it on you. What about mm-hmm. me? Do you find most strange or unfamiliar or different? Strange. Um, okay, you're like too many to choose from. <laughs> I don't know enough yet. It's fair too. That's the problem. Uh, what is strange? Um, I think this is tough. This is a tough question. Had something, trust me, I would say it. Or something, maybe if not strange, you're just like, huh, I want to learn more about. Mm. 
Yeah, I suppose it's... To me, you seem like so involved in the social aspect of just business whilst being an introvert. And I'm like trying to picture you working extremely hard for very long hours. And I guess that's kind of where I feel like there's a disconnect. Yeah. And yeah, it's something I would like to know more about. It's like your work ethic. How do you, how do you work? What keeps you on task? How do you stay productive? Stuff like that. I think for me, I think two things. I think the first thing is I have a tendency to really shift entirely from one mode to another. So I, when I'm meeting people at social events, I'm entirely 110% focused on that. Mm -hmm. I'm very good at, for the next X hours, this is the only thing in the entire world that I care about. Cool. Right now, I care more about getting to know you and talking with you than anything else. If like a gorilla burst through the window and just kept running, my main thought would be, leave me alone. You're distracting me from my conversation with Cole. Like, I don't care. Mm. If like Bill Gates came into the door, it was like, Eric, I need to talk to you right now. I just be like, dude, like, please, in a bit. And so a lot of times, because you see me in those social contexts where I'm really focused on, hey, let's make sure everyone has a good time and I'm fully immersed in talking with you right now. This also is why I get very overwhelmed when there's more than a couple of people there. You saw me at Austin. <laughs> at a certain point, I just shut down. I just right, right. sat in the chair and I was like, I'm just going to sit here and say nothing. Yeah. And I'm totally okay if you say nothing as well. Mm -hmm. Because in a way, it's too much attention for me to focus on everybody and everyone. And... When I'm not focused on that, then I'm entirely, I don't want anyone to talk to me. Like when I'm working in my room, and I actually don't even work in this whole work area, I just sit in my bed and I close the door. And you saw me earlier this morning, I came down to get my lunch and I was wearing pajamas. And you're like, did you just wake up? And I was like, no, 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 like I've been up. It's just, I have only been in my room and I'm coming right. out to get food. I'll go back into my room. So why even change? Mm -hmm. That's when I'm super focused on my very own internal set of work where you'll probably never see me there right. <laughs> by definition mm -hmm. because I wouldn't want to see you like in that entirely different mode. If you came knocking my door and you're like, Hey Eric, I'm just in town and you didn't know I was going to be here. And it's like the middle of the work day, but like, dude, can you hang out? I would probably be like, Cole, I love you, but like, please get the f out. Like, I'm not in the right mental state mm -hmm. to be able to hang out I, with you right now. Yeah, I kind of got a, that sort of vibe. Yeah. When you were just immediately like going upstairs after saying hi, or you were down there, I'm like, he doesn't want to be bothered with. I'm going <laughs> to. When I came down in my pajamas yeah. to get my bag of Chipotle. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> it's not that I like didn't want to be bothered because I don't want to talk with you and hang with Dimitri. Right. It's because I was in. Eric is just doing introvert work mode and I almost have to go through like you probably noticed even for the podcast I had to take a few deep breaths almost like a little ritual clap my hands mm -hmm. and you probably noticed I started talking a little bit differently mm -hmm. <laughs> a slight shift in demeanor if you mm -hmm. will and that's how I live my life just constant continuum shifts from one mode to another and so yeah no <laughs> 
for example, when we're done with this, I'll probably go back into my room and close the doors. Be like, no one's going to talk to me for the next two hours. And that's the way I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is the first thing. The second thing is I do, I've adapted to, instead of me trying to change how I work, because like I objectively think what I describe is weird. Not like, oh no, you like weird person who should be burned at the stake. It's like a little unusual because mm -hmm. my co-founder doesn't do that. My co-founder like, he can like come and work here at that desk and like people can come up to him and like he can talk with them and he can also do work and it's fine. <laughs> Versus I'm like either here, I'm like, hey guys, let's all talk and hang or like leave me alone. Yeah, I've learned that I care less now about trying to shift how I work and more just constructing the scenarios where I can do my normal workflow and it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's probably one of the reasons why I'm doing my own startup now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't have to adapt to the work expectations of others as much. Right. So, Yeah. Hopefully that helped give you a little bit of context. Yes, yes, it did. <laughs> that is funny. You caught me like downstairs in like Eric is not socializing mode. Yes, yes. You can just tell immediately, I feel like. I love how you and Talentless Writer were both like, oh, did you just wake up? And I was like, oh, oops, I forgot. To, like I was in my pajamas up until literally right before I did this pod with you. I feel like I do that yeah. a lot of days too. When I have a heavy work day, I just and I don't go to the gym. I'm in my, my sweats till 6, 7 p.m. It's comfortable. Yeah. What about uh, yourself? Do you think of yourself as an introvert, an extrovert, and how have you learned to balance whichever you are into the things you want to do? Yeah, I would say I'm definitely more introverted. I lose my social battery quicker than most people, and I don't feel like I... I mean, with the right people, I can gain energy for sure. Yeah. But it's like a, this is my battery. It boosts above the battery and then it just slowly goes down, if that makes sense. So like so a slight boost from talking to the right people and then it'll just go down. I'm like, even if I love you, like you said, I need some alone time and just, I just need to shut my mouth because I find talking it's expending a lot of energy for me. Yeah. I don't know. It just it is it's a way of expending energy and that in particular is a type of energy that can drain me pretty quickly, I feel like. So, yeah, I'd say I'm definitely more introverted. I don't at parties I'm not like going around bopping around talking to everybody. It's like I'll talk to a few people. But uh, you'll never see me jumping on the table yelling. Which Same. I think I did do in Austin. I like broke a glass or you something. Did. You, did. you did. That was that was kind of out of character. I loved it. Though. My, my co-founder was like, "What was wrong with you?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "I don't know." Was he there or just did he was there as well? Yeah. Will was there. Yeah, he was there. Oh, yeah. Okay. But thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I feel a little better. I definitely, I immediately did it. And on the outside, I was like, "Keep smiling." And then inside, I was like, "What did I just do?" We all reacted just with a, "Oh, that was funny." Thank and you. then just went all, went along. I'm glad to hear Nobody that. was like, what the hell's going on? For context, Luba, Life of Luba, was about to give a speech, and it was really loud, and I was trying to get attention, so I clinked these two glasses together so hard, they just shattered. Yes. And so... You just <laughs> went with it. I just went with it, and yeah. Luba just ended up sitting there. I actually have a video I'll send into this, and I'm just standing there holding two broken glasses, like weaponized daggers, <laughs> just like looking at people like, listen to Luba. She's organizing this. You should listen to her. So. But um, to your point on battery, I really get that. Mm. And 
I'm, I am similar, except I'm a little more, compared to you, I'm a little more herky-jerky. Mm. Like I am expending and burning a chunk off right now, and in that chunk I'll be super energetic, and then the chunk is gone, and I, I will just completely <laughs> don't talk to me anymore. Yeah. yeah, It's toward the end of the day. How's your battery right now? I haven't talked to too many people today, so it's okay. pretty solid. I was going to say, I feel it actually makes me feel even more honored that I get to have this little... <laughs> I'm serious. I got to have this little intimate moment with you. Right. That's the real reason why I started this. Mm -hmm. And it's way more convenient to call a friend over and say, hey, I'd love to get to know you better as a human being. But don't worry. It's a podcast than to just say, come over, man, and we'll talk about feelings. Right. I haven't found that to be as successful when there's not accompanied by Mario Kart. Right. Yes. Especially with men. Yeah. We're not. We're not great at that. No. So. Okay. I'll pull a question. All right. That still, was uh, that was a one? lot we went into for a level one question. Yeah. Another wild card, alas. Oh, here's a good one. Do I seem more like a creative or analytical type? Explain. Analytical, I would say. Yeah? Why is yes. that? Uh, just as a founder of a company... And then your background with finance and it all adds up to analytical, Yeah, I think. Yes. Spent 99% of my life in an analytical mindset. Yeah. I'm now getting to explore, even in the context of doing this with you right now, I'm getting to explore that little creative side, which has been a tiny spark of a flame, gasping, dying for air. And slowly over the past few years, I've gone to do it a little bit more. How do you feel having that? In your life now. It's very precious. So moving to LA, starting a company, I just started taking acting classes in the past few months, starting the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's funny because a lot of it actually was prompted by the breakup. Mm -hmm. Breakups have a funny way of forcing you to assess, are you the type of person that you want to be? And Mm -hmm. maybe you want to be somebody different. And I've liked it actually, because... I don't know. There's something very validating of, hey, I'm sharing something with the world and like people are watching. Huh, that's different. Mm. That's new. I like it. How does it affect you on a on a daily basis? How do you think being more creative has affected your self-awareness, how you deal with your emotions? Do you feel you felt more stable as a person and just is it a way to express more self-love hmm. for yourself? Because I find that there's really not many things in life more fulfilling than creating something just out of an idea in my head and manifesting it into the physical, I think, is one of the most fulfilling things to me. I knew you're a creative type. I so clear to me how you talk about you enjoying care about cameras and editing and how the shot is put together and what you're talking about it's beautiful because you're thinking through hey there's something in me i want to share and i want to share it the right way Mm -hmm. i'm i i share some of that but actually capturing it as we're doing right now is still very new Mm-hmm. So I feel a little bit in flux because I'm in between two worlds now. I'm in between a lot of my work is very analytical. 
And a lot of my work is very focused not on creating in the sense of I'm making something people will watch, but in business. Hey, for example, we are having meetings right now to figure out we're going to be launching a new version of the card soon. That's not just a business card. It also builds personal credit. Mm -hmm. That's like a really big deal. Yeah. And there's a lot of steps involved to, well, how do we communicate this change? How do we communicate this rollout? Right. Or on the bookkeeping tax side, as I shared with you before, we had more demand than we've expected. And so we've been really focused on building up the capacity to make sure we serve everybody. Both of those are so focused on here is a challenge and I want to go solve it. And solving that challenge isn't necessarily me expressing myself. It's more, I really need to figure this out. Mm. And that's the majority of my life. And then now I have to carve off little portions where, cool, for just a few moments, forget all of that and just, hi, I'm Eric. Like, let's go and talk about things on camera. Mm -hmm. So I'm learning. It's hard. Mm. Yeah. I guess, yeah, as a credit card company there's i don't want to i mean Please. there's only so much you can do in types in what is what am i trying to say there's only so much you can do in relation to being creative with it which i'm really happy you started a podcast i think that's yeah. super super dope to interview creators it's one of my favorite things I get to do. I've been yeah. looking forward to this. I was like, well, I know Cold isn't here in LA for long, but if he is free, it'd be beautiful. And that's why, if we do have time, right? When you said you had a pod as well, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. And we get to talk even more. Yes, sir. So <laughs> it's new and I like it and I'm learning. All right, level, level two. I think this time Let's it's it. uh, your turn. Let's do a couple here and then we'll go on to level three. Okay, what do you crave more of? What do you crave more of? Time. And I mean time in two different separate contexts. The first one is just truly more hours in the day. Because I never get to do all the things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. For example, later today I still would love to play pickleball. I want to go see John Wick. I'm catching up with another friend over the phone. I want to get my own workout in. Still some emails I have to send out. Not a lot of time. And the second thing, what I mean by I want more time, I wish I could just go to bed and hit fast forward and wake up and it's like four months later. Because I'm still a little bit raw from the breakup and I already know myself well enough that the thing that feels the fastest is just time. Yeah. And so I'm like, cool, you know, to quote AJR, can I get to the good part sooner? Like, can I just go to bed and wake up and it's four months in the future? Hooray. So I think, yeah, that's what I crave more. What about yourself? What do I crave more of? Time is definitely a good one. I think <clears throat> I, yeah, I mean, I've become more and more aware of time the older that I get and how valuable it is, more valuable than money in a sense. Because you can always get more money, you can't get more time. Probably have more money than you can even spend. I do. Yeah. Yes, I, I have more money than I need. Yes, I guess it, to like survive, yes, quote unquote. Yes, yeah. exactly, at this point. So now time is really important to me, trying to maximize it. What else do I crave it, more It's of? ironic now because you worked so hard, spent so much time trying to get money, and now you're using that money to trade off and try and get more time again. Yep, 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 that's, that's how it works <laughs> as a creative sort of entrepreneur type person. 
And the other thing I crave, now that I think about it, is just a more or a less constrained way to creatively express myself. So YouTube, you know, there's a formula you follow to get views. And when you are in a niche, there's only so many types of videos you can make that you know will do well. So there are types of topics of videos and the hard thing is juggling between the videos you really want to make and the videos you know you, you that will do well. Rarely do they overlap. <clears throat> and so, I mean, I'm spending most of my time making videos for YouTube and like, because I want my YouTube to grow as, as big as possible. That's the current biggest goal in my life. Um, but I'm trying to be more creative with it in just a way, just make it in a way that I want to make it be more into the cinematography aspect of it and not just like me sitting down talking to a camera and having my editor ed edit in stock video or some B-roll that I sometimes shoot. B-roll really helps with kind of doing that, but just more, more ways to find that outlet. I started drawing recently. Uh, which has been a good way to do it as well. And I've drawn here and there since I was a kid, so I'm not terrible at it, but it's definitely fun to do knowing that there's no pressure tied to it. It's like, this is yeah. just for me. I'm creating art for art itself, mm. which is something I can't really do with YouTube because it's a business. And I got to be mainly focused on how can I make the best video that will get the most views and keep people coming back? So drawing's been a good way to do that too, but just doing that more with filmmaking and YouTube, I would like. I love that. If you could, well, first, I love that you're exploring that childhood passion around drawing. I feel so much about adult life is remembering the things you like to do as a kid that society mm -hmm. stamped out of here and revisiting. Do you have any of those photos on your phone? Of drawings? Yeah. Yes, I do. I would love to see some. So a couple that I've done recently, my best works in the past year, I mean, it's just two drawings, have been for the ones that I do for my girlfriend Aww. for like her birthday or something. That's so like cute. That's when I really go hard on them. Uh, okay. So one I did recently was, you watched Hunter, Hunter, right? Of course. So I drew Killua. This was the most recent one. That's so good. Also, these candles are very hot yeah. <laughs> where we passed Watch over out. it. This is, can I show the camera? Yeah. yeah definitely. This is remarkable. Let's see if it focuses in. Yeah, there we go. That's good. Okay. Cool. Good, cool. Really good. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. I thought when you were like, oh, I just started to do it and I was a kid, I was like, maybe stick figure plus. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've been watching, I've been kind of binging drawing videos on YouTube to Do, do you think you would ever start making animated videos like Talentless Writer makes? I, I couldn't see myself doing that, honestly. I, if, yeah, I like drawing and keeping that as like a keep it out of YouTube kind Se of. Separate from business a little. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this one I did of Guts, 
from Berserk. Which you also have a tattoo of? Yes. Yes. This one I did. Oh, that's really cool. I like the signature in the bottom right. Yeah, I had to do that. Had to do it. You should be able to just touch. And t- oh, there, there, you go. Go. there you go. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Wow. It's like art therapy almost. You just got oh, to do, do something for you. Yes. Yes. It really is. It's, if, uh, ugh, it's so much. Because I've been so uh, attached to my phone the past few months, I think more than ever, ever since I've like started binging IG reels. I think my attention span's honestly gone to shit. It's pretty bad. And so I think I've spent like an hour more a day on average on my phone than the first half of 2022. Wow. So drawing has been the thing that takes me away. Very analog. Yeah. Yeah. If if you could create a video not caring about the YouTube algorithm and algorithm pressures what what would that video be it'd probably take a long time it'd be like a short film on something related to like a hero's journey for a young man uh yeah something along the lines of that what which i'm sure i could do I don't know. Were you about to ask me what's stopping me from doing that? That is literally, <laughs> yeah. oh man, yeah. I feel red. Or maybe the yeah. framing I like more is we're on the same wavelength. Right. I was literally about to ask what's stopping you. What's stopping me is just thinking of how long it would take and like how much it would cost. You know, I would want to like hire a couple of people probably. And do you want to do it properly? You really <laughs> yeah. want to make a yeah. go out of it? Yeah. For sure. And. I just want to make at least a video a week and I don't know if I can still do that with that. Mm. And then how well is it going to do? I'm going to invest hundreds of hours into one video and it flop because my audience doesn't give a shit. That would kind of suck. Except still deep down I would know I did it for me and it would be fulfilling in that manner. But if I invest all this time and like I'm not uploading as frequently for something that's not going to give me an ROI in terms of YouTube, that would hurt a little bit for sure. So that maybe that fear is stopping me. There's honestly, I can tell like a lot of excuses are just popping in my head that I know are just excuses. But I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You ultimately, it's a choice. And hey, you've not decided that's something you want to prioritize right now, and that's fine. And one day it will be. Yes, it will. Yeah. And then I'm, I'll be really excited to see it. For sure. Don't worry. I will watch it and just have a mouse auto refresh it 100,000 times, too. Just open up, open it up in a bunch of tabs. Just let it play. Exactly. Get that juicy, juicy ass. Yes. Get the retention. If you did do a short film, do you think it'd be more like nonfiction capturing something or like purely speculative? Like, you know, we watch a lot of anime, like totally novel, Mm. original concept. I think it would be more nonfiction Mm. related. I don't think I have the ability to produce crazy effects. Right. 
enough for anime level. It'd be cool. But it'd probably be more realistic. I've actually noticed a lot of creators, I think, feel the same way you do and like end up doing a passion project that's so different from what they originally blew up mm-hmm. with. Like uh, Charlie Moist Critical, right? Uh-huh. Has like a comic book series called, I think, God Slap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl Jacobs, right? Who blew up with Mr. Beast in Minecraft is like working on like an anime inspired comic book. I think Jimmy Mr. Beast is as well, where mm-hmm. it's like so removed from the type of content that blew them up. And in a way, that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. You might do that too. All right, let's uh let's go into level three. So we'll, okay, we got it. Nice. Oh my god, I, they're, they're two they're, wild they're, cards. Well, this, this oh, one, okay. you know, this one's good. Okay. If you were to write a note to your younger self, what would you put in it? What would you say to your younger self? I would say first and foremost, just because your friends are peer pressuring you to go out tonight doesn't mean you have to do it they don't understand life and are just as insecure as you and that's why they say the things they do sometimes and we all you know we all f***ed around as kids um yeah you know like nobody really knows nobody really has this figured out and just because someone has more money than you or seems to be having an easier time than you at life in general doesn't mean they are so so please understand that and no matter what you do someone's going to criticize you for it so you might as well just do what you actually want to do in this life because you're going to die one day why not just enjoy as many moments as you can, you know? I kind of love, number one, when people make you do things or say things, they're insecure. Number two, no one knows what the f*** they're doing anyways. Number three, you're going to die. Do the things you want. All right, there. It's a very compelling triad, <laughs> a trilogy mm-hmm. of coal wisdom. <laughs> More like ancient philosophy wisdom that I've pulled. No, no. We're going to say Cole Hastings. Okay. Trademark pending, total originals, Aristotle, man, you really missed out. Yes. Do you think... Wait, you are, who? Yeah. Are, are, exactly. Who, who? Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Who was I mentioning? Um, who uh, do you think young Cole would... If, if you actually got this letter one day in the mailbox and said, this is from older Cole, I swear this is real. Here are the three things I want you to do. How do you think young Cole would react? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> How would he? Uh, that was a different guy for sure. So I think in most cases, you can't save people unless they want to be saved or help someone unless they want to be helped. So back then, did I want to be helped? I don't know. Mm. I think I, I don't know if I really would have done anything with that message. Maybe I would have. But I feel like if I knew it was written by older me, I think that would play an impact because it's someone I know and I had a relationship with. But if a random person just one time told me, hey, you're going to die one day, do whatever the f*** you want, I think it would have less of an impact because they, I wouldn't really see them as like a sort of father figure. 
or just a mentor. But if I knew it was me, then hopefully I would try to remember that as much as possible and be like, okay, this is a good message. But I, don't I, know. I really like that. It comes down to, it's funny because your second piece of advice is no one knows anything, so don't listen to them. And you're like, well, but it's older me, so... So he's already been through shit I'm going to go through. You're so like, I should listen. Yes. Slash, why didn't you give me lottery numbers? Right. right. Thanks, older me. Yes, I forgot to go to, or I forgot to watch TV. Yeah, all, or maybe older years. Cole is so enlightened and financially well off, he doesn't even think about, I should give you lottery numbers. That's kind of encouraging in its own way. Hmm. He didn't even need to. That is true. That is true. Yeah, I really agree strongly with each of those three points. People, everyone, whenever like anyone gets upset about anything, including myself, it's always a question of, well, what insecurity or fear are they or I currently experiencing that's making me act this way? I'm so with you. I think I grew up thinking that there's a certain way to do things. Like, nope. I don't know if there really is any inherent right way to live life. I mean, there are some that are probably better than others. Like, you know, right. don't go around murdering people, yes. right? But generally speaking, there's a lot of flexibility in how you want to live it. So go on and do what you want. Mm -hmm. And to your last point, might as well, because you don't get to be here forever, which yes. is thought of death is incredibly sobering because putting aside the afterlife, do you even know if you're alive? So experience the things. Actually, is there something you haven't tried before that you're like, I definitely want to, whether it's a specific activity or even just an experience. They're like, I want this to be in my range of human culture human experiences before mm. this run Skydiving is definitely one of them. I haven't skydived. Ironically, before. that might be the one that also ends your human experience. That is true. That is true. I don't know what the likelihood of that is. Low. I assume it's low. very low. It's very low. Okay. Then I'm down to do skydiving. Excellent. Famous last words. Scuba diving would be cool with in like, I don't know, an area with incredibly blue water, cobalt blue water. Oh, cobalt. Uh, yeah. What else? What I want to do, experience life. Yeah, just make a, a short film or a film. Maybe film like a whole movie, short movie or something like that. Goddamn, someone yeah. please give Cole a Kickstarter and a clone of himself so he can do this. I'm not ready yet. Don't don't start All it right. yet. This wait, is almost. Wait, wait till I say I'm ready. We're, we're, we're almost. I actually, That's, I really do love that framing. It's like we do things when we want to. Right. Mm -hmm. And obviously you haven't done it yet because you don't want to beyond everything else. Right. But one day you will. And I think this goes to the same point if older Cole from the year, you know, 2050 came with that note. It's like, make your film now. Unless you knew that was older Cole, you'd be like, yeah. But if you knew it was older Cole, then you might be like, mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that. That's true. What, what would you write? Huh. I think, like, number one, time travel is real, <laughs> just so you know. Okay, that's scary. Yeah, probably disrupt the world more as we know it than anything about me in particular, right? Have but, you read a lot about time travel? Are you a time traveler? <laughs> Darn. It that would explain... No. You're like, this Karen. explains so much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a very flattering way to describe it. It's like, yeah. oh, it's clearly going to work now. <laughs> um, you know, there, someone did like 20 years ago, host a time travelers party. Did you hear about this? No. They went and publicized via the newspaper and the internet. Like we're going to host a party for all time travelers. Just come and hang. 
It's like there's a genuine point of curiosity there. It's like, well, if you're a time traveler and you make enough of a press impact, which they did, shouldn't you see this as your beacon to come return to? Nobody showed up. Mm. Okay. Depressing. I like to think it's because the time travelers are too smart and they don't want to, like, I don't know, split us off into parallel dimensions or screw things up. So I hold hope. So I think, yeah, number one, I say time travel is real. Okay. Number two, I think I would say, honestly, I think it's the same as you. It's just like, I probably wouldn't listen or I wouldn't like change anything meaningfully enough. Right. I would probably say, go do therapy. Mm. That's probably the most tactical, clear, straight answer I could give that like maybe my previous self would listen to. All righty. Let's level three. I think it's on you. It's on me. We'll knock out a couple. Let's do it. Wait, I can't let you see it. Oh, wow. Very, very secretive. Okay. What do you think our most important similarity is? A willingness to be vulnerable. I like that. I like that. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a big one. Just, uh, more chill introverted nature yeah. also <laughs> despite you see sure. you seeing me i love how you're like eric says he's introverted but i also see him like jumping around breaking glasses yeah how does one reconcile mm. <laughs> but yes you've also seen me when i i too am just like yes <laughs> we spent like probably a solid hour at that party just like doing nothing yep it was it was so good i was so happy <laughs> we were just we're just vibing and I, I love, like, Luvo is, like, out on the dance yeah, floor going yeah. hard. And I was just, like. Just people watching. I observe and I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Let other people do it exactly. for us. Be the party. Exactly. <laughs> do you think uh, your partner, your girlfriend, is she introverted as well? I don't, I don't think she identifies as introverted. Hmm. I think, yeah, she likes talking to people. She's very good at talking to people. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes she she also needs like alone time. I feel like too. Have you ever taken? Have you heard of the five factor personality test? I have heard of it. So the I whole thing. No, mine. So you might have heard, for example, of Myers Briggs. Uh huh. So Myers Briggs was actually developed by two. What is yours? Your Myers Briggs. So EI, I do switch. Right, I'm a little borderline. I used to be much more I. Mm-hmm. NTP. Okay. What about you? I am INFJ. Alrighty, we share a couple letters. Mm-hmm. And well, Myers Briggs was invented actually by two women who were housewives and didn't come from a scientific background. Mm-hmm. So they did an incredible job framing and storytelling it, but there wasn't much scientific rationale behind it. So Five Factor was an attempt to put together a test that was a little scientifically more rigorous. And the idea is it corrects for a couple of things with Myers-Briggs. Number one, Myers-Briggs is like, you are this or that, right? Number two, the categories that Myers-Briggs chose aren't necessarily mutually exclusive, like they don't overlap, mm-hmm. nor are they collectively exhaustive, covering the full gamut of personality. And number three, Myers-Briggs often has low retest reliability, meaning mm-hmm. if you take it one day and you take it another, it's a little yeah. bit different. So there's, it's an acronym that spells out the word OCEAN. And it measures your personality across these five traits. Number one is openness. Number two is conscientiousness, which is how on time are you? How detail-oriented are you? How neat or messy are you? 
Number three is extroversion, which we've talked about. Number four is agreeableness. You tend to agree with people. It could be good because you're easy to get along with. It could be bad because you're you just go over. along. Exactly yeah. what people say. That's exactly right. And the last one, the N in ocean. So openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, neuroticism is how I think in Hebrew the word is verklempt. <laughs> but it's just like how neurotic and worked up and emotionally activated can you get about things? Mm. Yeah. So, for example, I am very, very open. I'm low conscientiousness. I'm medium. I I still think of myself as an introvert because historically I was very, very introverted. But over the years, I've gone more. Now I'm like medium, mm-hmm. more in the balance. And medium agreeableness, just in the middle. I used to be far more disagreeable. And a medium... Disagreeable. Ha- yeah, much more disagreeable. Like you, you said no to everything. More, yeah. or I think I was just more just defensive. And so oh. I just want to argue with people more. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. I don't know if I agree with that. Like, yeah, you should do it this um, way. I... Yeah. Low-key think that's better than being agreeable. Well, then I know what you are now. <laughs> the last one's neuroticism, which I'm medium high on. Mm. And so funny thing, I went and plugged these into ChatGPT, ChatGPT4. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, like here's my stats. Make sense of this. And it came up, I was like, wow, it came up with something really good. It's like, mm-hmm. you're a very open person. You like to go with the flow because you're not that conscientious. Things can happen and you vibe with it, Right. And hey, you can get emotionally activated at times, but maybe that's a superpower because it gives you empathy to understand people better with. And I was like, oh, that's thank you, ChatGPT. That's the most <laughs> lovely description I've had of myself. So, what about well, one? Now I want you to go take it when you got a chance. I'll send it to you after. Mm-hmm. Two, across each of those, how do you think you rank? Well, we already know introverted and disagreeable. Um, uh, disagreeable. I mean, <laughs> I. <sighs> Ironically, disagree. I feel like I'm in the middle with that too, because okay. when when people explain their points, I understand why they think that way more than I used to. Doesn't mean I agree with it, but I'm like I'm more empathetic towards people's opinions and viewpoints on things because that's just a culmination of their beliefs and their life experience up until that point. You're very open. Okay. That's what, the, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, so that makes sense. So I'm open. Yeah. And then introverted agreeableness. So I guess I'm not super dis- super agreeable. Okay, maybe medium, medium, yeah. low. Yeah. What about a conscientiousness? How organized or put I'm together? Not, I'm not that organized. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm super yeah. messy. <laughs> Which is weird because, well, I guess, you know, My you, got the, you got the water, you got the huge things of waters all around yeah that's because i love water mm-hmm. it overcomes my messiness and lack of ability to organize things that's how much i love water mm-hmm. i need my water i'm a hydro homie as they say on reddit i drink an outrageous amount of water yeah i drink a lot of water too yeah. that's why in the morning when he woke up he saw more water yes. i was like we're running out of water yes yes i'm so, i hope it's okay that i've been drinking oh absolutely so many water bottles oh, cool i am so with okay, you cool. i i consume vast amounts of h2o okay word, so word, we're word. on the same page so low conscientiousness mm-hmm. yes that's low what was yep. the next one so you're open you're low conscientiousness you're introverted you're low medium agreeable last one's neuroticism how anxious or work it up do you get about things anxious yeah up. i would say that's pretty low too fantastic yeah means you're an emotionally stable person congratulations oh, sweet sweet narrowed it down to a few factors yeah i guess 
hopefully that's it's it's funny accurate. because most most of these have both good and bads so if it's high or low like mm. you know being very open is a good thing because you're very open to things but it could also mean like you just let things fly when you mm. shouldn't mm. right being conscientious if you're super conscientious you're very organized but you might be really bad at going along with things on the moment and just seeing what happens mm. right introversion extroversion has clear trade-offs between one or the other yeah agreeableness we talked about it and eroticism it's generally like low neuroticism good <laughs> high neuroticism bad <laughs> it tends to just be the scientific consensus mm. so mm. nice all right let's do let's do one more i'll do the honors you do it i don't like this one I don't, oh, this one's terrible. Yeah, that one's... Why, why is, that why level is it three? a level three? It's yeah, if we were in a van, what would our name be? These are both pretty good, but we've answered them already. Okay. Oh, here's a good one. What has this conversation taught you about yourself? Hmm. What has it taught me? I guess what we just went over, kind of. <laughs> You're like, I've now learned my personality. Yes. Uh, What else has the conversation taught me? I don't know. I almost want to do another one. Let's do another one. That's what's fun about these. Ooh, here's a good one. Okay. How does one earn your vulnerability? Have I earned it? How can I earn more my vulnerability yeah okay that's a good one how does one earn it and how can i earn more uh i suppose when usually it's when someone shares something vulnerable about themselves first uh that's when i know like oh if i share something yeah. You're not going to take it. You're probably not going to take advantage of it. You're not going to shit all over me. You yeah. wouldn't have shared something vulnerable about yourself. Wow. That's such a good articulation in very straightforward terms. It's yeah. like, you can't do this to me because I've got something on YouTube, <laughs> buddy. Yeah. We're in it together. Mm-hmm. In a weird, funny way, it kind of reminds me when you like mutually find someone that you both hate and shit on mm-hmm. that like ties you together. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm that person right. and you're shit them. So like, we're, we're in it now. Mm-hmm. In a weird way, that some similarities to like, here was my childhood trauma, and well, now I know yours, and we each have each other's. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the biggest way to to earn vulnerability, and then just having some sort of other deep level of connection, yeah. which is usually through vulnerability, because then you realize, oh, this person's human, yeah, and actually, uh, there's more to them than their immediate outward appearance i'm the same way by the way it's just right. you just spend more time and you just share more yeah we get to know each other more as human beings mm-hmm. that's the whole reason why i wanted to do this with you in the first place i right, let's let's do one more this time you pull it oh yeah all right i love these microphones by the way they're so oh they are nice they're so convenient like getting real close Ooh, some coal asmr i could do that i got the voice for it yeah baritone right (laughs) yeah i definitely got lucky with that okay let's see 
Okay, I like this. Based on what you learned about me, does my social media accurately reflect who I am? Why or why not? Partially. Partially. Okay. That's good. It, <laughs> you can never go wrong with partially, no. Yeah. It reflects who you are because, yeah, you care very deeply of sharing with others what you've been through and what you're going through in case that it helps them. What it doesn't reflect is, as you said, there's a little bit of YouTube optimization to ensure that the videos also do well. And yeah. I think there are many creative and thoughtful parts of yourself that you've shared with me, right? You made a keyboard, you draw, mm -hmm. right? You really want to create this short film that you've mentioned to me a few different times. I don't think that's conveyed as much on your social media. Mm. Because, I will yeah. say in, the, in one defense, yeah. I did put the keyboard making in one video. Well, I missed out on it. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. That was that was also that's a video that felt like what I was describing, what I wanted yeah. videos to be like, and it actually did pretty well. They're the best um, of both worlds. Yes, hey. it was. It was that's why I introduced him as Cole Hastings keyboard maker. Keyboard maker. And next time I'll see a Cole Hastings keyboards maker. Plural keyboards. Maybe, maybe. They, I'm it honestly, just takes so damn. I'm so long. impressed. It is like I don't even know how one would start. It is so much work to make <laughs> anything, let alone a keyboard. It's, it is a process. I woke up at like <laughs> seven in the morning after getting maybe one hour of sleep one of those days because I was like in the middle of just building my PC and my keyboard, my whole new setup, and I spent like five hours just lubing switches, these wow. very small things. It's cool though. What's the coolest thing you've ever made? The coolest thing I've ever made? Maybe it's the keyboard. Where you felt the best, most satisfied about. The most satisfied. What have I felt the most? It'd probably be one of my videos, honestly. Uh, most satisfied? Most likely one of the music videos I've created. Mm. Yes, for my friends back home. Yeah. I've created some promo videos for them for their concerts and then like and then have I done more than one music video I think it was just one music video but the whole process of it was similar to how you would film a short film so you can see right, why then. it was so satisfying to me that I feel like working with other people mm -hmm. to create something large really large and it has so many different elements it's more professional and just shooting other people for me i don't know it just looks way better yeah you know like the footage just looks it looks way better definitely than just regular b-roll i take yeah. of nature and people walking around but like actually filming somebody it's it's yeah. cool it's cool and doing something my for my friends too is what really made it you're gonna Amazing be you're well. gonna be such a good director. <laughs> see it, director, now. director Hastings. We'll see if we get there to that level one day. Director of photography, maybe. At the very least, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Maybe look back on this video one day and be like, "The stars were aligned. This was always gonna happen. <laughs> this is where it began." Somehow, just like Attack on Titan. My future self, except not made. exactly like Attack on Titan. I'm not exactly like Aaron Yeager. Oh, I don't commit God, genocide. No. That's very important. Yes. Oh, do you know? Uh, I want to see a movie Dungeons and Dragons where Matthew Mercer was there. 
audience. He voices Levi. Really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, that's dope. Last question. Do you believe that <laughs> destiny is predetermined? His DP uh, director. Well, that would imply we have no free will, right? Yes. I think there's a bit of both at play. Okay. Uh, I think that you can change your determinism with your free will. Does that make sense? Tell me more. (laughs) So I think like it's really difficult, just how it's really difficult to like change habits and shift your identity, transform your identity. If you don't, basically your life's going to be kind of deterministic. But if you use your free will to overcome your determinism, that is created by your current identity, your current beliefs, then it will start to shift what is bound yes. is bound to happen. I understand, and for what it's worth, I actually agree with you. I believe life is deterministic. Given who you are in a very particular moment and the inputs you receive in the environment at that time, you are always, you are always going to make the choice that you made. Mm. This was Cole in 2016. These are the events that Cole in 2016 went through. He's going to turn into Cole 2017. Mm-hmm. And to your point, well, okay, so how do you change your life, right? In this very deterministic path, well, you have to change the inputs, either what's going on in the environment around you or you yourself when you receive these inputs. Are you going to make different decisions? Mm-hmm. Now, can you change those things? I think yes. Is that predetermined itself, the very act of changing yourself? Right. That's, I don't know. That's where it gets a little bit trickier. Yes, that's where the argument is. I like to believe, you know, there is some level of quantum uncertainty in the universe, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly how everything's going to play out from a physics perspective. I took high school physics. I don't remember very much, but I remember there's uncertainty there on a quantum level. And I like to think that quantum level uncertainty can be scaled up to, yes. hey, like, we ourselves, how we grow and adapt, maybe there's just a little bit of randomness there that makes it a little bit more interesting. I like that. Yes, I think spontaneity is what reality is. Yeah. So, yeah. Beautiful. All right, well, cool. Thanks so much for making time. How are you yes. feeling? I'm feeling good. I had a good time. Thank Love you. Here. I needed a classic. The classic dap up. Uh,